0: Thank you for tuning into White Centipede Noise Podcast. Please hit the like button and subscribe to this channel. This podcast is made possible by viewer and listener support. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider supporting it at patreon.com/slash Noise. White Centipede Noise is a label and mail order based in Germany, releasing top quality noise on tape, CD, and vinyl. White Centipede Noise is also the premier EU-based distributor of international noise. Visit WhiteCentipede to see available label releases and weekly distro updates. Thank you. to White Centipede Noise Podcast. My name is Oscar Brummel. Today my guest is a very unique and singular harsh noise artist and a pioneer of noise podcasting. Please welcome Roman Leva.
1: Hey how's it going Oscar? Good morning. I'm everyone. not good at compliments. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's I mean those aren't even compliments, those are facts. So um well, thank you. I uh I appreciate you being with me this morning. And um yeah welcome. Um, starting off with your, uh, noise projects, you have, to my understanding, two primary projects being one, yeah. one being slit throats and one being plague mother. I don't know if you, uh, consider one more of a side project than the other, but, um, either way, those are the, those are the two that I, uh, am most aware of and, 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 and strongly associate with you. Can you, can you tell me the primary differences between those two like sonically <laughs> ideologically um what sure what those are both all about essentially
1: sure um i usually tell people that plague mother is me in a bad mood and slit is me in a good mood okay. um plague mother just um plague mother has more of a personal like uh context like personal emotional context mm-hmm. and so Uh, That's sort of reflected in the sound, you know, it's got a little bit more, um, dynamic to it. It can be a little like there's parts that aren't so harsh noise. There's like moody atmospheric stuff or whatever you want to call it. And then, so is just me having fun. I mean, it's, it's funny because a lot of people assume I just named it after a total slitting of throats, which isn't like, it wasn't a total accident, but I actually was referring to a, a quote about, um, uh, the quotes go something like sometimes a man has to raise a black flag and start slitting throats uh-huh. and so um it's just me having fun and it's reflected in a lot of the content too i mean the noise thematics there are like japanese women's wrestling mm-hmm. monster trucks and uh like godzilla movies mm-hmm. so yeah okay um those are the differences really okay
0: what what importance is theme in noise for you because I've obviously noticed, particularly with with slit throats, these themes. How what role does that play in your artistic process or your your creative process?
1: For for slit throats, it's it's pretty much everything there. Um, you know, I don't make any uh, like I got I I don't, I don't I'm not hiding anything there. It's not me trying to reinvent the wheel. with slit throats. It's just me having fun with harsh noise. Mm-hmm. And so the thematics are kind of what separates me from like every other you know person trying to follow your last week's guests. So, uh, which is which was the reader for people oh, okay. watching <laughs> in time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then for Plague Mother, it, it's like I said, it's such a, like it's a per- personal thematics and narrative that it, it's almost like those recordings kind of they get they get written out out written out in my mind by my experiences. Mm -hmm. So that can kind of, um, it can be a lot less intentional, even though, even though the, the, it's, it's focused. I don't, um, I have in my mind, I have like an endless well of like the themes to draw on for slit throats. Like, you know, like, Oh, I could do this wrestler. I could do this, this, that, or the other theme. Whereas like plague mother. And the reason that it's, it's slowed down a lot in the last few years, it's like, well, it's like, I'm going to do that when I, feel like I need to and, yeah. and when it makes sense for, for what I'm working on. And after my last, um, the last point that I did on new forces, uh, I, I have only done two other recordings mm-hmm. and it's, it's mostly because I guess I just haven't had time to really reflect on how I've been feeling about mm-hmm. my experiences. And because of the pandemic, it's just kind of been, there's not really been a, a, a deep well of experiences to draw upon mm-hmm. personally could,
0: could it be also safe to say that maybe it means you're not doing bad i mean if you say oh no play, that's for sure mother, I, yeah like, kind of you you, <laughs> you in a bad mood plague mothers you processing you know negative emotions whereas slit throats is yeah. drop. you've been quite active with slit throats Um, I mean, if Plague Mother isn't really needing to exist, is that a reflection on your emotional state?
1: I think that's pretty fair to say. I mean, if you looked at the timeline of releases for Plague Mother, it drops off pretty significantly once I started uh, regularly attending therapy. So (laughs) I would think that, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling better, so I don't don't necessarily, um, you know, need to... Process those emotions as often or in in the same manner. Sure. You know, I don't necessarily, um, I don't feel tied as an artist to my own, uh, you know, experiences. Sure. I can I can separate the two. There can be what happened in my life and what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Um, with Plague Mother, there's something I've been a, a concept I've been kind of trying to tackle, like not really directly, but something that I'm interested in is this idea of emotional content in noise and its connection to like pure noise in the spectral sense, like crunching, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. and my, I guess my question is, um, a lot of the, the material with plague mother is very emotional and does give that feeling sonically. And even though you use some things like, you know, musical interludes or, or spoken word, a lot of it, I feel still comes from like the parts that are very much what I would call dry noise. Like, I don't mean dry as in without reverb, but I mean, dry as in like spectral noise. What are some of the nuanced ways that you think emotion can be conveyed with just pure noise or that you work with it? And do you think, and and where do you think are the limits where, where it's not, possible to go further
1: um well i know just in like my recording process it, it this is a question that i've been trying to avoid answering in some ways for for a long time because i i with plague mother uh, body movement like really affects the sound mm. um you know because because my instruments instruments mm. are are I mean, it's a contact mic and like, you know, or a shaker box or, or whatever, something like that. And like, you know, um, I, I it, it, live and, rec- and like recording are a little different too. I, I do a lot of things as a recording that I wouldn't want to be seen doing live just cause okay. I'm super self-conscious. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's like the sound you can get by holding something really tightly while you're thinking about something that's not necessarily the best feeling, you know, you're, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, when you're upset, your body starts to shake, mm-hmm. you you get like a twitch or something. And if you find a way to, 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 to hold your, your contact mic or whatever the right way, then you're going to get that kind of that intensity or whatever mm-hmm. that, 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 transference mm-hmm. there. And, um, for Plague mother, a lot of that, what I would say is like, that's how I capture that, moment or whatever Mm -hmm. um and then for me too it's also like um it's it's a lot of isn't how you present the 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 tracks or the the release itself you know i I, the titles are all very intentional they're meant to paint a picture it's meant to it, it the narrative for plague mother is usually um not so specific that like someone can't find whatever they want in it right. or, or find something in it right. and apply it to themselves. But, you know, I mean, I, I, it's not like a, it's not like you can't listen to Plague Mother without knowing me and, and not get anything from it. Right. You can, but yeah. you know, it, if you know me and you kind of understand, you know, my general outlook or whatever, I think it makes a little bit more sense. Sure. And, um, I, I think that, I think that, yeah, I think it's, I think a lot of that con, that. that what you're what you're referring to relies kind of heavily on the context in which the sounds presented in Mm -hmm. and with just like pure harsh noise with like slit throats like i could just put slit throats in big bold letters on a black background and shove the tape in there without differentiating which side is a or b sure and you're gonna you're either gonna like it or you're gonna hate it and there's not really like yeah what else am i gonna do right you know i it's it's I, the fun for me in that is like being like, oh, so like you know, like with the monster truck release, it's like oh, I took all these VHS tapes from like you know my childhood that I you know re, you know went went around looking for, and I just started using those sources for the for the for that mm-hmm. you know that's like fun for me. But right. like if I took all that away and I just handed you a tape with no information, it's still just it's just straight up arch noise, yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna take it how you're gonna take yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So when you when you record. For plague mother, are you in these, during these sessions tapping into these emotions and feelings and using your body as a, you know, a conduit for them?
1: That's yeah. That's a very well-worded way to say it instead of just me rambling. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm curious about that too, because I think there are some people who have, I've heard them describe their recording process, even for very emotional or intense, uh, Pieces, the recording process itself can be quite, you know, cold and 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 calculated. Whereas mm. you know, for others, it's the other way around. I mean, I I don't know. I'm that's that's something that's very very interesting to me. I guess to hear that that you're really putting yourself in these states. Yeah, and, and, and it when, can be... you're, when you're when you're working on this in the, in the in the in the live recording phase, at least you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's and it can be exhausting for me because yeah, I don't exactly. want to. You know especially now again that's again why you see one project taking over more than the others i don't want to be feeling that way and i don't want to be exhausted all the time from it yeah and um, i think too in a way as i've gotten older and, and i've spent more time in the in the noise scene the noise community and i've developed these friendships with people that used to just be peers I'm. I have more fun. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm happier to be there. It's not just, yeah. uh, you know, the connections are deeper. So it's like, well, you know, I don't want to go to a show and play a show with three of my best friends and feel shitty. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um. And 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 you know, I'm sure like Stefan um could attest to you know like what it's like to be in a car with me after a playing mother show. It's you know I'm just kind of in a. I'm quiet. I'm not fun to be around. So, you know, that's another reason why, you know, Slip kind of took over more is because it's like, I like being, you know, when I'm with my friends, I don't want to necessarily feel bad. And and like, I appreciate that they value those performances. And when they, you know, when they ask for them, I'll, I'll, I'll do them. But if it was up to me, I don't even know if I would do Play Mother live because, at least anymore, just because I don't feel, I feel better. I feel, I feel like I don't need to, to express that live anymore. Well,
0: that's, uh, that's honest and that's a good, I mean, good development, maybe not for art, but for, (laughs) (laughs) for you and for everyone else, I guess that, that, that you're able to, uh, yeah, that you've come a certain ways since then emotionally. And that's, that's, that's good to hear. This episode of White Centipede Noise podcast is brought to you by Scream and Ride Distro an Absurd Exposition Label. Montreal-based source for experimental electronics, harsh noise, etc. Over 1,600 items in stock on all formats. Media mail shipping to the USA and affordable international shipping. Forthcoming tapes from the Rita, Mott and Violent Shogun, Andrew Nolan Misery Engine Split, Neural, Hermit Chick White Split, and Alex York. Plus an expanded double LP reissue of Merzbau's 1998 psych noise mantra Aqua Necromancer. Visit screamandride.com and or absurdexposition.bandcamp.com with slit throats and you know you, your general we're going to I guess talk about this a bit but you know you have a you have a pretty unique and vocal online presence you are <laughs> uh you know you embrace meme culture you embrace uh humor and so we're going to get to that I guess but but what I'm saying is you you proudly proudly wave the harsh noise banner very very clearly you know you use this term quite frequently to identify what you're doing with slit throats mm-hmm. but just this you know this this phenomenon of harsh noise this entity of harsh noise what does harsh noise mean for you in your life what what role does it play and what what significance does it have <laughs> in your life
1: um I do think it's capable to be, to be kind of compartmentalized in your life. You know, I don't, like noise doesn't really affect my professional life per se, or, uh, you know, I have friends that all we talk about are, you know, the things that I make noise about later, but you know, we don't talk about noise and, and I have not, you know, they don't have anything to do with it and I'm not trying to, to bring them into it and they're not trying to come into it. But, um, you know, aside from those compartmentalized times, you know, I mean, I work from home, um, and I'm listening to noise pretty much from, you know, with breaks of, of, of other, of other music that I listen to, like, you know, pretty much all day and, yep. um, uh, pretty avid collector and seeker of noise. And so, you know, I constantly receiving and sending packages, my postal lady and I hate each other and, <laughs> um... I'm trying to think of a way to put it other than to say like, like, like harsh noise is kind of just my life because I do have other aspects of my life uh, that that harsh noise doesn't touch. But if you were talking about me by myself in my free time, what am I choosing to do? It's like, I'm listening to noise in particular, harsh noise.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm, if I'm not doing that, I'm recording harsh noise or, you know, I would say reading about it, but people don't make enough zines for me to read about it all the time. So yeah. I wish I was reading more and I think more people should be doing zines. Yeah. Listening, to the, listening to, you know, like to, to your podcast or noise extra, mm-hmm. you know, there's any consuming noise related media in yeah. some way, shape or form pretty much at most junctures of my free time. Yeah. Um, and, and when I'm not doing that, I'm doing those other things, like I said, that either compartmentalized or that's sort of like, you know, like, like with a good example would be like with wrestling. I mean, a lot of times if I'm watching something that has commentary that I don't care about, which is most American wrestling, I'm just Mm -hmm. muting it and putting noise on and I'm just watching, you know, big meaty men bump their meats while (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) while like I'm listening to, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I I was going to ask that
0: actually, if that's what you do, because that seems like a good combination to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I tend not to do it with Japanese stuff because the Japanese announcers are so emotional, and they really are. Even if you don't understand the language, which, I, which sadly I don't for the most part, yeah. it, it's like a soundtrack, and they they yeah. have like crescendos and yeah. and stuff. Whereas like American wrestling commentary is usually just really insipid and awful, and yeah. and, and being able anyways, to understand it probably uh, has
0: something to do with that. I mean, I guess it's maybe a. It's maybe a benefit. Yeah, I'm sure that you can't some... understand the Japanese language because then you're able to appreciate it acoustically without the without the content. I don't know if it's necessarily, but I mean that's, that that hasn't maybe a different. uh, Yeah, like you said, it's a soundtrack.
1: Yeah, 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 and it, yeah. I've had a few friends of mine, and I've wondered like it's like. Are they are, are there like Japanese wrestling fans over there that are just saying the exact same thing, but they're just like, oh, I just mute the Japanese guy and I put the English guy on, <laughs> and he's saying shit that I don't understand, but whatever. Sounds cool. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, sounds
0: cool. <laughs>
1: And so, like, if I was juggling my other interests, like, you know, with monster trucks, I don't do that. Because even though when I was a kid, I loved every aspect of it, now I really appreciate the sound of monster trucks. Um, And I think it was Luke Tandy who said to me, "He's like, a monster truck crushing cars is, like, the purest natural occurring harsh noise that you can hear. Sure. And it's true. It's great, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's... uh... That's that is true and that's a you know there are parallels to that also and you know like Sam mckinley's deep interest in in the NHRA Yeah uh, yeah racing and in the in this motor motor sound I think that's that's very true. I don't know if you I don't know if you uh saw it but you know he described going to these NHRA events where people are literally gathering around these 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 engines being tuned and like rocking out to the harsh sound and I just like it within three minutes to to find like a video example after you know I wanted to have a video example in 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 the podcast so that I just like searched some new search on YouTube like NHRA like pits or whatever and the first video I saw was literally you could have replaced like, you could have thought that's a harsh noise audience. You have people yeah, literally yeah. just like this. You have a guy in a gas... <laughs> yeah. Like, one guy was wearing a gas mask. Like, yeah. the full-on, like, like pervy and gas mask. They were, like, doing this and just yeah. freaking out to this sound. And obviously have no idea or interest in, you know, this kind of subculture of, you know, special guys who do this as a as an art form. But they were still fully... You know raging to it and i you know i i guess when he explained that to me i thought he was maybe exaggerating a little bit like i thought you know is it really like that but i mean it seemed like it's really really that is the draw for a lot of people who who are into that and i suppose also with monster trucks i mean just that experience of of the loud overwhelming sound and and you know the crushing the sound must be a huge reason that's had such a popular it has such a devoted fan base because it's, you know, it's a very, yeah. visceral, it's a very visceral experience.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, um, it's always fun if you, when you go to a, a live monster truck thing for the, to see the reaction of the crowd when the engines turn on, you know, yeah. um, the trucks have been standing in front of them for however long before the show, but it's that moment when they crank the engines that everyone comes alive and, Yeah. you know, I, and, and that's, that's not, they're doing that on purpose. I mean, that is exactly what they want to do. They want you to, they want you to get excited in that moment. Um, yeah. That's yeah. I, cool. I saw years ago on YouTube, um, Sam has a performance where he used a, a motocross bike inside right. an art gallery. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's like, that's probably one of my favorite videos I've ever saw And I wish I could have seen that performance because it's yeah. such a great like idea and execution. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've thought about like trying to reach out to a couple of the smaller independent monster truck owners that, that I'm aware of and be like, look, do you think we could, but that would also like require a whole other conversation about what noise is. And like, <laughs> I don't, oh, I just don't know if I want to alienate these. Idea. Yeah. These are some of the, like, so, so when I was doing the Bigfoot stuff, I, I did end up emailing them and I was like, look, do you have, um, you have a bunch of footage on YouTube, but it almost, a lot of it has like a soundtrack behind it that you've yeah. put. And I was asking. I was like, "Do you have any without the soundtrack?" And yeah. and they like sort of answered, sort of didn't answer. Um, and I I think maybe if I had just not even put anything about what I was trying to do, and I just asked them for the the sure. raw sound or whatever, they might have been more receptive. But I think it was because I was like, "I'm an experimental artist," and I, and I, and like the whole time I'm writing this email, I'm like, if the if the slit throats character saw me trying to write this email it would roast me so fucking hard because I'm in here just being like, I'm an experimental artist and I synthesize these sounds and I'm just like, yeah. I can't just tell them I put a microphone to it and I slam a bunch of like distortion pedals and EQs <laughs> and like it's going to sound exactly the way it sounds without all that stuff. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. Cool.
0: That's, that, I think that's a great idea though. I think that's... Stuff like that should be further explored and experimented. I think there's many, many, many realms like that, that are untapped. So I, yeah. I, I think it's awesome. Um, you told me, you, you said a moment ago that you, uh, you know, spend a lot of time reading noise zines and also uh, listening to noise podcasts. So um, you have or had, I'm not quite positive, uh, what the sadness had, had, had. had, uh, a podcast called harsh truths, um, mm-hmm. which was, I don't know. Uh, well, what well, can you tell me about, um, starting that podcast? Sure. What motivated you to start it? And, um, and what kind of like when you, what, what the climate was when you, when you
1: began it? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, I, as a big wrestling fan, a big part of wrestling fan culture nowadays is podcasts. Mm-hmm. And so, um, starting in like 2014, I became aware of a few podcasts in uh, that about wrestling or done by wrestlers. And one in particular that I really enjoyed was uh, this independent wrestler from Chicago. His name's Colt Cabana. He had a podcast called The Art of Pro Wrestling. And he would just interview other independent pro wrestlers in... You know, they would talk about wrestling and why they became wrestling, how they, how they, you know, got into it and all that. But it was really just a, a wide-ranging interview about this, mm-hmm. this person's life. Because these mm-hmm. people have really fascinating lives. Because it's a different French culture, but it's a French culture nonetheless. Yeah. And so, um, you know, what, as I listened more and more, I, I learned that he got his idea because he was a really big fan of the Mark Marin podcast. Mm-hmm um so he kind of was like I like this podcast why don't I just do this with wrestling and so of course you know if it isn't obviously like a lot of things I get really into I start looking for ways to filter it into noise I was like well why don't I just I love this podcast why don't I yeah. do this for the thing I like and yeah. you know I thought about how a lot of times you know I'll meet someone at a show and we'll have like an interesting conversation. It lasts like 10 minutes and then the next person's playing and then it's like that conversation's gone, you know? Right. Um, or I'll, you know, I'll, meet, I'll talk to someone early on in the night and they're sober and it's like this yeah. great conversation and then it just falls apart as the party goes. But, um, you know, there's some of those people that just, they, they don't have, you know, some people you don't have access to on a sh- at a show to really get into like yeah. what what got you here or what's, what do you, you know, anything like that. So I wanted to, to do that with noise. And so this was 2015 is when I started doing the interviews because that was when I was living in Milwaukee and the noise fest was coming up. And so it was just an easy mm-hmm. way to be like, uh, at the time I lived, um, I lived like three houses down or like houses, three, three places down from the board board. Oh, so it was really cool. easy for me to be like, hey, do you want to use a clean restroom and you sit in some air conditioning while I ask you some questions? Um, So, you know, I did a few of those interviews that weekend. And then um, I sat on them for like over a year just because I got busy with my my personal life. I just didn't have any time to like sit down and devote more resources to it. And I was... I started off so primitively. I mean, like, I wish I still had the pictures, but I didn't have any mic stands. So I just was stacking pedals up and then, like, kind of like electrical taping. I mean, it would have been a great gimmick for, like, a video podcast had I done, like, a video podcast. But, but yeah, I didn't have, like, mic stands. I didn't have equipment. And Jay from Milwaukee, who did Blessed Sacrifice, he was, he basically, he was like, what are you doing? I, you need help. Let me help you. And then, like, proceeded to, you know, more or less become the producer of the podcast. I mean, he, oh, cool. He, okay. Yeah. All the technical stuff was him. I did, like, the raw edits, and then he went through and, like, cleaned up the audio and everything. Yeah. Um, so I, the first episode actually came out, I think, at the end of 2016. Okay. And then and then that's when I moved to Buffalo, and I think there was, like, a few months where I just I just was busy dealing with moving, and then I kind of was doing consistent episodes for a while, and then fell off again and then did it again it just yeah. it was a lot of fits and starts, and that's why it's it spans a, a breadth of like five years whereas really like if you just condensed it down to episodes, it's like if you listen to one a month I think you can get through the whole thing in like a year and a half sure. um and then the pandemic happened right. and um i uh i i I really admire you because you're able to do this via a video call and like you have a good connection with your guests but i i tried that a few times and I just couldn't do it i don't know what it was i think it's just cuz of the nature of how i have a conversation i'm not good at a conversation unless i'm really like physically near the person i can kind of read their body language better sure. um, it is tough
0: i mean it is tough with the video call thing i've gotten used to it but all through the pandemic basically until i decided to start doing this i didn't i wasn't doing zoom calls so you know, I'm kind of getting used to it, but like, it's still a very, it's still not an ideal situation for sure.
1: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And so it just kind of killed the momentum of the podcast. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, like I said, it's, it's, it's knowing your own limits and what you're good at. And I'm not good at, I, I'm not good at, at, at video interviews. Mm-hmm. And so, um, at the same time as I was kind of in limbo, you know, um, you were picking up noise extra was picking up and doing more interview style podcasts versus like the reviews. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of saw like the, 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 the landscape was getting covered in a, in a satisfying way, not in like a, like a negative way. It wasn't like a, like, Oh shit, there's nowhere for me to go. Mm-hmm. It was more like, well, I think, I think everybody else can, has got it. And I just, I, my life has become so busy and I'm still kind of, I'm not traveling really yet at all sure. and I did attempt to do an interview last summer and um it was no fault of the guests they they were excellent it just was uh I I felt like I was on the struggle bus the whole time mm. that I was doing it I felt like I was like this is just not the same anymore mm. and um I went back home and I edited the interview down and I listened to it. And I was like, I want to cut myself out of this entire interview and only listen to the person. Sure. And as much as I don't like the sound of my own voice and, and I can pick myself apart, I don't, I didn't do that with the other episodes before that. Right. Know? I'd be like, God, I hate my voice, but the show must I go have ahead. to ask the question. Yeah. 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 Whereas this one, I was like, Ugh. and then, um, and then I lost the the interview in a hard drive crash anyway, so it was kind of a moot point by then. But um, but yeah, I just it this, the 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 uh, space and noise for podcasts is being is being carried quite well by 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 White Centipede's noise and Noise Extra. So I well you know if if it drops off and there's space to be filled, maybe I'll go back, but. I, I'm, I'm happy you're listening to y'all's podcasts.
0: <laughs> I have to disagree because like you said, you know, you said you wish there were no more noisines that were out, you know, cause you like reading them. I, you know, I, I think if you have personal reasons for not wanting to do it at any time, you know, I think, I don't think anyone should force it. I mean, there's, I think it's perfectly fine to just take breaks or do things at your own pace or how, how they make sense to you. But at the same time, I think there's plenty, plenty of room for for your noise podcast and in general for more noise podcasts. Because I think, like you said, it's it's such a rare thing that even within the noise scene, we're able to have meaningful or deep conversations about what we do, about the ideas, about anything really, because it's oftentimes, you know, email conversations, you know, texting on Instagram uh, or, yeah. or, you know, short short conversations at shows. So, I mean, I, I I just think that there's plenty of, room for various because everyone does does it differently and everyone has their own voice. Everyone has their own interests that, they, you know, things that they ask about approaches. So I would just I mean, do do you do what you you know, what, what fits for your life. But I think I think definitely uh, your podcast is missed and it would be welcome to be reactivated at some point. And I think, uh yeah, I think people listening, if they're not aware, um they should definitely check it out you've got about 22 24 episodes something like that
1: something like that yeah.
0: and they're yeah great a lot of guests that i've not a lot but a few guests that i've talked to you know in a totally different context so i mean i think every everyone it's so you know everyone does things in their own personal way and particularly you you know you're very you're very personal in in your approach to to your music and your everything so i think i don't know i think it's i don't think you should feel that there's no room for you that's all i'm saying Cause I think there's plenty, plenty of room and there's noise is so under served, I think in terms of, you know, media. I mean, yeah. zines are so oh, valuable I, I... that people freak out, you know, when the, when the one zine, you know, you can count on your fingers how many good ones there are and people freak yeah. out when they come out every two years. Cause it's like, Oh, finally right. I can read like, yeah. you know, three pages of what, an artist i'm interested in has to say but i think this is a is a way to do that much more streamlined i guess that's why i guess that's why i chose to do it basically because i wanted to do a zine and then i just thought Fuck, it's back and forth zines take forever and then i just realized why aren't yeah why, and, and you know i just thought why aren't more people doing using these like super easy modern technologies that like like roman is like roman's doing it like there's so much you know like there's so much to be done here with this and so i don't know that's my take on it. Yeah. I would, la- I think, I think I would love to see you pick it back up in some form at some point, and I think uh, a lot of people would too.
1: Well, thank you. I, I, do, I do find it interesting. Communication has changed so much, even in my, even in the last ten years, with how we right. communicate with each other. You're saying like, you know, like I mean, everybody. I, I was off Instagram for a while. Uh, I, I just had. It was at the. Beginning of the pandemic, and I was just kind of overwhelmed, and just needed yeah. to clear my mind, clear clear my. I need to stop doom scrolling, basically, yeah, yeah. and so. But then I was like, no one. People that I know care about me. Not like not like oh no one's no one's talking. It's like people I know that care about me and talk to me. Like, they're not texting me. They're not emailing me, and it, it is not necessarily because they don't want to put the effort. It's just because we've all fallen into this habit and, yeah. and it was the same for me I was like looking at it, I was like well I can think of like five people off the top of my head that I probably would have like shot a message to real quick and right. I don't think about it because it's just what we've been you know it's the the like you know the soft intrusion of that of that form of communication into right. our our social uh, social lives so I, I think about you know where you know what I, I want to try to figure out what's next sure. you know what where, where we go from that from you know we're doing podcasts now like we're do, like we used to do zines right and so what what are we gonna be doing next and how can that space be filled and serviced so yeah. that the, the the receipt of information can be you know like, like continued because we're just gonna get older and more out of touch Right. and um there's going to be amazing noise projects and people in the scene that are going to be doing awesome things and if we don't know how to reach them and they don't know how to reach us there's going to be that that loss of of like tr- like trans- that that loss of transference from what we know and we experience right. to what you know you know and that's not just for noise obviously that's for for any kind of underground or countercultural, you know, like, like milieu.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and you know, to that, to that token, you, you, you use you, like your Instagram count account to do a lot of like, like memes about harsh noise and, and, and kind of like, you seem to embrace this kind of. You know even if it's absurd this absurd uh circus of today's age of how we communicate and how we disseminate culture and the humor i mean um you know there are also of course so many people that are holding on to their old days of 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 letters and and and, and, and zines um is that is that willingness to embrace the the kind of modern culture of communication? Does it have to do with this desire to stay kind of present in what maybe new generations are, are experiencing and not, and not kind of calcify yourself? Or, or what what is the motivation mm-hmm. between kind of em- embracing that, that that culture? Because obviously, I mean, there are people who are don't at all, there are people who surely criticize it. And you know, th- you know, I've seen plenty of people not criticizing you, but just generally criticizing all, oh, you know, noise memes instagram i mean i've i've criticized instagram a million times and i still do i mean it's yeah. but i mean you're very like consciously using that platform as a yeah. as a tool what's what's
1: the motivation behind that it's a way to fill the day uh, <laughs> <laughs> no um with a lot of a lot of things i, I posted that nature it's um I'm not a, I don't think I'm naturally an artist or like I don't have the artist mind uh-huh. um, like I'm not immersed in art culture at all I didn't go to art school or anything like that mm-hmm. and it, it seems like there's all oftentimes and it's in it's like there's two camps there's people that that do something and their level of, of involvement in it or the way that they filter it is is i think a pleasant way to put it likable uh, mm-hmm. and then there's people that just take it way too serious way mm-hmm. too serious mm-hmm. and um there's nothing wrong with taking something serious but it's when you it's when you take something serious to the detriment of others mm-hmm. that i just i just like this like take i like to put fun at things it's, yeah. it's, it's all to me it is all it's it's so absurd like yeah. we're how how am i cooler for my like Broken radio sounds than like anybody else is cooler for their broken radio sounds. It's it's yeah. not it's it's I mean so much about noise is is kind of almost like luck of the draw. It's like you you know for me it's like I I started doing noise in Cleveland and that meant like having access to Wyatt and yeah. at the time like Steve Makita and like all these people that had or, or like Dillaway and yeah. having access to these people that. A, we're able, we're willing to like open up and give me like you know like guidance and how, how literally how to make my noise, but also yeah. just like you know like 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 things as simple as like who to avoid, you know you know yeah. like don't you know waste your energy on this person because they're not really you know they're 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 yeah a, you know they're a vampire they're not really yeah. they're not really trying to do doing good for you so yeah um. You know, I don't I don't I don't again it's like if I just had this blank tape of my noise yeah. and I just handed it to you, like you might be able to say, Oh, this is objectively good for me or subjectively good for me But if you if you didn't know who I who it was, you might a lot of people aren't gonna value it as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that's like an unfortunate that's, that that's just art scenes in general, whether yeah. they're punk, hardcore metal it's like it's like all the all the ex members of bands always get a bigger chance right out the gate than like yeah you know unknown person's band even though unknown person's band or project is just as good if not better right and so a lot of times when i when i when i do stuff like like kind of poking fun at what we do it's just because it's like it's like let's all keep in mind like let's all find some humor in and the fact that we make noise and Sure. That you know, we're we're this like sm- very small community that doesn't really necessarily need to be trying to cut each other's you know legs off the knees. Yeah, we can we can you know I, I by no means do I get along with everyone or like everyone, and I'm sure there's you know more than a handful of people that don't like me, and that's fine. But we don't need to be like running each other off unless you know something that we're doing is is. Toxic to the community itself.
0: Right. So do you separate art and kind of scene in some way? These, these concepts, you know, cause I think, do you think there are compare, uh, inherently like incompatible elements, you know, of, of what one would define as art and what one de- would define as a community or a scene and there's conflict there?
1: Um, I don't think there has to be. I think that because of the nature of, of culture as it is not, not specifically ours, but just overarching culture Mm -hmm. that there's there's things that come into conflict with one another and it's because so much of art is commodified, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that requires, if you're selling something that requires having to sell it, you know, that requires having to market it, you know, um, if I, if I want to make, if I want to sell a tape, I have to put my name on it and commodification and, and and genuine human community are always going to be at conflict with one another mm-hmm. you know we are we are uh we spent two million years evolving to be a, a cooperative species uh, a a a non-hierarchical species and then we spent the last 10 to 15 thousand years like going against every bit of common sense we developed and so it's just not in us to behave the way that you know, as a as human community, it, it's not in us to behave the way that art commands, mm-hmm. that culture commands. You can you can say whatever art culture. Sure. A lot of people like to say capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just say civilization. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 it's, it's the totality of it requires you to ignore the fact that you're supposed to be existing in a, on a, at a certain at a certain level in a certain way, and mm-hmm. so. You know, there's always going to be those conflicts, and that's that's kind of what I'm, I guess, I'm getting at with with some of that stuff. Is I'm trying to, to. If someone's going to use noise as a ladder to step on other people, I'm just trying to knock the ladder over because yeah. it's ridiculous. And and, you know, that was kind of the the nature of the episode uh, of, the, of my podcast that we called the Shame Cup, which yeah. is an idea that I I shamelessly stole from a, from a wrestling podcast where it's like they took the genre of noise or wrestling fans that were really embarrassing, you know? So it'd be like, Oh, like replica belt guy. He's like walking around with 15 replica belts. It's really embarrassing, you know, or like, Oh, it's the guy who like thirst responds to every female noises, Instagram or female, female wrestlers. This is what's happened is like everything's, started to merge and I can't (laughs) Um, (laughs) well that's interesting That's but but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's interesting simply that you have I mean that's a I don't want to take this change the subject but it's fascinating also that you also are involved in so deeply in another subculture that has such specific you know characteristics that we learn from being involved in noise for years obsessively you only learn that when you're really involved on a like a core level these different Mm -hmm. tropes these different tendencies and it's fascinating to hear that also similar things exist in other subcultures that you're involved in you know
1: i think it exists in pretty much every um every sort of subculture that has a level a a diy level to it of some of some sort you know yeah um which in, is, is I mean, in,
0: which in some ways is culture. I mean, which in some ways is makes it culture. Because I mean, yeah, this kind of gets at what I want to ask. This 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 topic of underground ethics. I guess that I've been. I'm not newly thinking of it, but I mean, it's been discussed. And I just kind of yesterday did a uh, a private podcast where I kind of try to put some of those ideas together and what that means and and and. And, uh, yeah, maybe like what you said, like DIY is a core element because otherwise you're dealing really with like, just some sort of capitalist exchange, you know, Mm -hmm. not that there's zero culture involved, but I mean, with another type of maybe music or, or product or, 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 or hobby or interest, you know, it's very clearly defined business. So you're interacting Mm -hmm. with it on a very, you know, consumer consumer level, even if there are things yeah. that are brought in that make you kind of feel like you're involved in some other way, but, but yeah, noise and maybe wrestling. I don't know much about wrestling, I guess, but noise is a very DIY, just in the sense that not, you know, not in the sense oh everyone's hand pasting their own stuff, but everyone is very, very involved.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how many people do you know that just listen to noise and don't have a project or a yeah. label or something? Right. Exactly. You know,
0: it's, it's not many. And once you, and- once you start listening, Most people start going, oh, I want to do this too. I want to be involved.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the great things about noise is that the, the, the point of accessibility for noise is is so noise is such a wide frame of reference Mm -hmm. that to get in the door is. I mean, you. I, I was about to say, like, it's so easy. All you got to do is get a contact mic and like, get a distortion pedal. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could use your computer. You could use yeah. a tape player you bought at the thrift store. You could drag a sheet of metal across the sidewalk. You know, yeah. like, it, 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 and so, like, it really is a, 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 a kind of a rare. Um, space in which in which you kind of can just walk in and start participating whereas you know i mean you know for example like for if you want to be that level of a wrestling fan you know you're going to have to spend a lot of money to go to shows um you know or if you want to get into actual being a wrestler you have to you have to have a certain you know like you have to be healthy in some in some way shape or form and then you have to find a wrestling school and then you have to train for years yeah tons of equipment um and and so so it's great that that with with noise you can access it so easily yeah um it's a double edged sword though because then it's like well if it's easy to get in it's easy for people with ill intent to get in right and so you get you know you get the people that take advantage of people you know it's, it's easy to waltz in and be like oh i'm x y and z and this is i'm i'm now and i'm you know and and an unassailable uh, monument of the scene and so like how dare anyone here regardless of how long they've been here uh you know you know criticize me for what i'm doing yeah because i'm just as much a part of this as you are and it's like well maybe that's true but maybe there should be some sort of um some 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 sort of some sort of like 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 ethics involved in in, in that approach but yeah. um to kind of to kind of go back to As you were talking, I was was thinking about, um, I I think the obsessiveness of of any any one group to any one thing is what kind of whittles it down further and further from, you know, there's a difference from, like, let's say, like, my brother likes horror movies. Mm -hmm. He goes and sees the Saw movies, and... Mm -hmm. It's probably been, like, 15 years since the Saw movie comes out, so now everyone knows how often I talk to my brother. But, <laughs> like, um he doesn't give a single fuck about a Jalo movie. I couldn't, like, I couldn't tell him, like, I couldn't be like, oh, man, go back and watch, you know, yeah. Tenebrae or something. Yeah. And, like, he's going to be like, oh, this is sick. Like, now yeah. I'm going to be obsessed with this. He's not interested at that level. Yeah. And so... The exchange is is is, is merely a, an exchange of capital for a consumption. You know, right. he's giving the the movie theater twenty bucks, and he's going to watch the movie. Right. But you take someone else who likes horror, but then they get upset. You know, they 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 start whittling it down. They're like, no, I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. Yeah. And eventually, you get those obsessive people, and you know, like it's I'm just go to the reference because it's easy from. Most people that listen to noise because it's like the Jalo yeah. people, like you know the ones that even you know that aren't in noise. It's like those people are like they're just noise people, except with, you know they're doing that with a with a, a, a sub genre of horror movie yeah. versus like you know audio cassettes. Right. So, but in doing that, they've, they they whittle themselves down, and I don't like I'm saying whittle, but it's not really the right word. But it's like that that community becomes closer and closer knit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. at the surface, it's like you've got people like you know my brother. They like they like horror movies and they go to the movie theater. Yeah, and it's like then you got like people like horror movies and they like collect DVDs or they go to Cinema Wasteland or or whatever like film festivals. Yeah. You know, it's further further down. And then you get to the point where it's like here's this guy that does this zine about Jalo movies. Right, and it's like. That guy and his friends, or, or you know, like it's probably a guy if it's hormones, whatever. <laughs> um, like those people are very tight knit and they're going to support each other outside of just their interests and they're going to do things for the benefit of their, commun- their community. Yeah. And that's, um, I think that's that's present everywhere. You know, it's the same thing with wrestling. I mean, like, I, I know people all over the world now that specifically like japanese women's wrestling like myself and you know we talk about this one thing and it's very obsessive and we got each other's backs you know like yeah. if someone gets sick it's like well i'm gonna give to their GoFundMe me because i know that they they like this thing on this level yeah. um so so that's the great thing about obsessiveness when when it comes to i guess that is like with like art is that like as you get more obsessed you're actually reducing the arts ability to just be a commodity Mm -hmm. it starts becoming more and more important as something else it's a rallying point for community and that's a thing that i love about noise is that especially harsh noise like we kind of have a ceiling like 50 million people are never going to listen to harsh noise it's just not going to happen and that's to me a good thing Mm -hmm. it shouldn't happen Mm -hmm. because we need to be a close you know people in general need to be finding reasons to have more community, not less community. Sure. And that's a danger of the of the like that's a danger of the the semantics and, and performative elements of 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 some of the the ways that things get presented in terms of the concept of accessibility. It's like mm-hmm. well Am I saying that people should be specifically targeted to be like left out of things? No. Am I saying that like noise has a ceiling and it should be kept at a ceiling and the community should be able to, to, the community should be close enough to be able to defend itself and, and, and determine its own rules of engaging with one another. Yes.
0: From within, I suppose. I mean, what, what do you think motivates people to get involved in the noise scene Who have seemingly opportunistic or or selfish motives i mean because because we know there's not really money to be made it's not like
1: there's social capital yeah and that's still capital yeah you know and that's i mean you you get and and i i i do have to like temper this by saying that i i view it from coming from the lens of coming through hardcore and punk, and, and from, in particular, like, anarchist mm-hmm. hardcore and vegan straight edge hardcore, mm-hmm. and those having very specific problem elements to it, and I see a lot of those same elements just in a, a kind of a different approach, or even in somehow even smaller scale with noise, mm-hmm. and it's, it's because the, let me put this, um, In 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 all of what I speak is what I know of American noise. You know, I haven't spent enough time in the European noise community or anywhere else to sure. to really speak on them. Although I I feel like having conversations with people like, like Dean in the UK mm-hmm. and, and with, you know with others, it's like I get I kind of think a lot of places have the same problems mm-hmm. or the same issues in general. So you look at um. noise the noise scene for the most part is in some way shape or form like kind of connected to um if if not directly it, it definitely like the the approach of like punk mm-hmm. and, and diy you know punk music so mm-hmm. you get people that already aren't gonna work on the outside of society mm-hmm. like um i'm not gonna necessarily go as I am into an art gallery, and walk out having sold all my noise tapes. Yeah, there's people that can because they can under- they understand how to navigate that world. But I don't understand how to navigate that world, mm-hmm. or I don't have the charisma to na- navigate that world. Mm-hmm. And I think that predatory people see punk and and hardcore and noise and, and these kind of smaller uh, worlds like that as, as like. It's easy to get in because you don't have to be charismatic. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you can be kind of completely uncharismatic and still access and still make the right moves to gain the right amount of credibility. Right. To then, you know, um, I mean, it's, it's, there's a specific thing that, that, that uses the term, but it's like, it's kind of like a confidence game where it's like, sure. you know, like, oh, like, I'm just like you because I visually check out, you know, right. like, oh, you've got tattoos. I got tattoos. Right. Like, oh, you got a stupid haircut. I got a stupid haircut. Like, we, it's yeah, like, we yeah. can trust each other. Yeah. And then from there, it's like, all right, well, then they slowly start to slowly or quickly, depending on how they're received, start to move in on the other parts where it's like, oh, well, you know, and, and a lot of times because there is no money to be made, it is social capital or yeah. personal capital. It's, it's, you know, they start using people and taking advantage of people in whatever way, shape or form that, that manifests, but yeah.
0: why is the noise scene slow to publicly criticize or call out people involved who, you know, act in a predatory way or in a opportunistic, inauthentic or dishonest way? In terms of their business practices, oh. I mean I'm not talking about maybe what some might have a problem with people 's artistic content or, or or ideals or 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 politics, but I'm talking about you know just the interpersonal community elements of how we interact yeah. you know in a business sense with each other
1: yeah yeah and that's that's what concerns me the most too it's like we can all. Pick our arguments about like content, you know, like art, artistic content or whatever, or like, or politics too. And, and I do think there's like certain, there can be certain limits to that as well. But that doesn't concern me nearly as much as like it, like like the personal interactions, the personal exchange, the way, yeah, the way someone interacts with the community. And I think that a big factor is, in particular for noise, is that there's just so few of us, you know, right um, that we're afraid of alienating ourselves and doing so. Yeah. Perhaps because there's not a strong history or enough examples of people being supported through, you, you know, it's, it's usually like so-and-so has a problem with so-and-so and they both disappear over time, you know? Sure. One 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 might have went out for a while, but then they're gone too. So, I, I think I think the that that kind of people are afraid of rejection in general. We all are, mm-hmm. and I think that you know people are afraid to speak out if they see something happening that they don't like because they don't want to deal with the negative consequences of that. Um, sure. I think. In in a bigger picture sense, just beyond noise, I think unfortunately the way certain things have be, been framed over time, and this isn't a recent development. This is this has been, I don't know, just the '80s. Um, you, you know, when when I, having been like a like a like a, a nerd for hardcore and punk and, and and stuff in the past, it's like I I did I did with those things what I do with noise. You know, I just dug into history and, and read mm-hmm. as much as i could and looked at all the zines and tried to like just figure out what was going on when and how and where um this is it's nothing new like a lot of people like to like frame things that are going on nowadays as like things that have just like popped up in the last five years the last 10 years it's sure. this thing's fault it's that thing's fault like you no, these are these are problems that are kind of inherent in Human communities trying to 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 navigate in human social structures and and, and yeah. modes of existence but um, for for communities that that have a lot of identity politics built into it, it it becomes a thing where it's like well if if you go after someone and they have any reason. To say that you're doing something because you have a prejudice or a bias of any kind, that is so much worse than just letting them get away with it for most people, you know? Yeah. Because no one, I mean, no one wants to be accused of something they're not or something right. they, you know, they don't. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why, you know, like I just. That's why call out culture doesn't, you know, like that kind of stuff doesn't work if, if it's just all this, if it's just anonymous people hurling accusations at each other. It's, it's like, that's not how you build or strengthen a community. That's just how you co-intel pro it. You know, it's like,
0: yeah
1: you, you can't, you can't, if something's broken, you either want to fix it or throw it away. And the way that things are being approached in that context, it's like, it's like, we're all just trying to throw our community away versus trying to right. fix it. Yeah. um. And so I think, yeah, I I think, I think people do kind of fear that retaliation and the retaliation being so, um, um, what's the word? Disproportionate to whatever, whatever grievance they might have.
0: Yeah. But I mean, okay. Don't. But don't you think on some level that the noise scene is somewhat more immune or at least bolstered against that kind of, you know, I don't want to use the word cancel culture, but I mean, like, you know, like, don't you feel like maybe in the noise scene, that's being, being totally rejected because someone has accused you of being prejudiced when it totally obviously isn't true. Don't you feel like in that, in in the noise scene, at least that doesn't really work as well,
1: you know? yeah I mean I, I don't disagree with that I but I think that because noise most of us don't just exist in a bubble of noise we're kind of adjacent right. to something and whatever yeah. we're adjacent to is bigger and can still yeah. affect noise and noise can still affect it you know right um, you know just if you're in the local noise slash punk, it's also like, it's also kind of like a, like a, like a, I'm trying to think of a way to navigate this where I don't sound like an asshole or an idiot. Um, but yeah, I mean like, like a lot of, a lot of us have things that are adjacent to noise that are bigger and the consequences are, are larger. And sure. and I think people get a, get, Worried about those things affecting one another, you
0: know?
1: Yeah. Um, you see people go... The kind of people that take advantage of people will go from, like, larger scene to smaller scene to smaller scene to smaller scene, mm. you know? And that's how they get away with taking advantage of people for so long is because they just... There's fewer people to spread the word. Mm. Um, or they've just ran out of, of people they've exhausted their options in in these worlds. So they just, they're starting to,
0: I get what you're saying, but I I also feel like you are someone very, who uniquely hasn't shied away and you don't, you don't generally shy away from, from, uh, you know, I guess what what we might call talking shit. You made a tape called (laughs) starts a scene war and (laughs) which has, you know, about 10 or so brilliant, track titles, you know, have a few in front of me here. Um, Your success is is entirely dependent on your drug connection, and it shows alcoholism disguised (laughs) as a mediocre power electronics project. I mean, some of those things are very, very on point. Um, Yeah. And maybe I don't know how do you feel like that should be, you know, things like that should be addressed more just like these, just certain cheap or 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 ugly tendencies i mean you you seem like you do have a, a willingness to address them yeah. and speak on them has what's what's your experience with that
1: yeah been? um my experience with, with just saying what it is uh, yeah my experience has been people don't respond well to it um <laughs> but it's it's I mean, I guess I just, I don't, I, I've never really felt like I have much to lose with it. Yeah. It's way harder for me to, to tell a lie and to, to fabricate a persona than it is to just like kind of, it, it's such corny, but it's like, honesty is the best policy. It's like, yeah. it's just way easier for me to just tell the truth. Yeah. And if it sucks then it sucks and like, get it out of the way. Like, yeah, that's just, that's just how I am. And, and, you know, as a, you know, even though, even though I am Mexican, like I'm white passing, I'm a dude. Yeah. I'm you know like you know it, it, like I have a lot less to like like I of course I can say I have nothing to lose because like the world's built for me. Right. But I I do like I don't feel it's like it's like oh like you know like is that dude who knows that song titles about him going to be mad at me like oh no what's he going to do like right. get on the internet and like say some mean things about me like get in line yeah. like um, do you I mean have you gotten
0: beyond that tape or do you have you gotten into like direct confrontations with people about these kind of things
1: um not too many like direct ones because I mean or have people called you out people have people have people, people come to you and say you know what
0: you know like you're talking about I think you're think you're trying to diss me like fuck you Does everyone ever come to you So I think that's another element and um, I, think that, I think I get the sense that people just like when when shit starts flying most people are just like like they just try to kind of just
1: for the most part, oh, yeah, yeah. dodging like, like, yeah. For the most part, yeah. There's been a couple people. I just I always remember this one this one dude on the internet on Instagram. Responded to something I said or did. I can't remember what it was now, but they were just like, "Oh yeah, like uh, what, you know, whatever. You're just a you're just a derivative of the Rita." And I just was like, "Are you trying to insult me or compliment me?" Because like, <laughs> thank you and fuck you, like. <laughs> Thanks. Like, I, you're not hurting my feelings by saying that. Could you say that more to more people yeah. so that, like, they'll listen to my shit? <laughs> but, um, yeah, most people, I mean, most people just duck out and don't say anything, you know. Even if they know you're talking about them specifically, they won't. Um, and, no, like, I'm, I don't think I've ever had a face-to-face confrontation about anything with anyone, at least a noise, you know. Yeah. Like, it's it's a lot of hate mans and, you yeah. know, no eye contact or, like... Right. You know, being on the other side of the room when you're doing something stupid, you know, like it's it's right. That's it. That's what it is. But you know, again, like with that tape, it's just like I'm just trying to like bring people back to the ground. Yeah. Like just ground yourself. Yeah. Like, to, like you know, yeah. Like no one would listen to your shit if you weren't selling everyone coke. Like, <laughs> like that's like. Do better with your shit, I guess, you know, or like, or like, it's not even necessarily, sometimes it's not even so much about whoever or whatever I'm, I'm like annoyed or pissed off or cracking jokes about. It's like, it's about all of us just kind of letting it happen and not, and not being like, this is a thing, Yeah, you know? So, so what are, what are some
0: things that, that really bother you about noise scene politics?
1: what are God. your current what are your all, current I mean, uh, fucking everything angries. <laughs> current angries um <laughs> I was gonna do another episode of the shame cup and it just never happened and I had all these like genres of people listed yeah the shame and cup one of my the shame cup uh, the... again
0: uh, you know is absolutely mandatory listening if anyone here <laughs> has not listened to that yet it's roman matt Betke and stefan i believe yeah. in the car yeah. and uh it's it's <laughs> it's scary how uh yeah. accurate it's, it is but um but yeah so so so, what are what are your current what are your current updated shame cup uh categories
1: the one that i the one that i really like to pick on is what i call power electronics failed anthropologists because there's like this and, and it's 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 not just noise and it's not just uh a specific kind of people but there's just like fundamental misunderstandings about uh human history and prehistory and like like human social behavior Mm -hmm. and like the i i hate like i hate like the whole like you know like like the whole like any any comparison of humans to wolves drives me nuts because it's like we're not in any way shape or form anything like wolves um you know we're and we're not even really like like chimps because because even chimps like tend to war like like human beings are not naturally uh like like coercive by nature like like people think of what we do as human nature. What they're really saying. What they're really talking about usually is like what humans have done for the past ten thousand years. Sure. It's like oh, humans. Humans naturally just like start war. Or da 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 da. It's like well, what you call war is not like like. Have, you, is conflict always ex- going to exist? Yes, of course. Like people are always going to have conflict. People are always going to fight. Yeah. But are they going to have? organized warfare in which the purpose is to wipe out the other group of people so they can take those people's resources no there's an extensive backlog of prehistory that shows that that's just not the case yeah. so i ha- i just like i can't stand like the in general like y- yeah so it's it's like i understand it like yes in the context of like your modern day world when you wake up in a city and you're trying to survive in a city like yeah there's certain things about that like you can identify with or you can like find you know like 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 meaning in. but at the end of the day it's like this is not how human beings work and so it's just like it just comes off goofy to me like that shit comes off so goofy mm-hmm. like any of that like that fucking evolo worship yeah. like that's just garbage yeah this is a garbage garbage philosophy that doesn't even like didn't didn't stand on its own two legs, like, when it was, when it was written about, much less nearly a hundred years later. Right. Um, so those people, um, <laughs> and, and their close cousins, the Amazon Prime skinheads, where it's like, it's like, uh, I mean, like, what? I'm wearing a Fred Perry shirt right now, so I'm gonna roast myself. It's like, it's like, oh, you got like, you got a Fred Perry shirt and some Doc Martens off Amazon, and now you're like, you know, and you used a, a a razor to cut your hair, and now you're like, you're you're fucking storming through the streets, shaved for battle. Like, give me a fucking break. You live in like Kansas, and you have three friends. Like, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not a crew. Like, this is not how this works. It's just, you just, again, it's like you, you had, the internet's allowed you to access knowledge about a subculture and then just, like, copy paste the imagery onto yourself. And, yeah. That, that, that could go for not just, like, that subgenre of people. Of I mean, that's a, that's a lot. A lot of subcultures, and I think that's, yeah.
0: That's pretty accurate for, I mean, a lot of things today, I mean, the, just the yeah. way the, just the way the, the superficial elements of anything are presented, but so often the, the content is just not there.
1: Yeah. And and it's, it's difficult too, because of the way we've, and we've all done it. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of anybody else's we, we fall into these patterns of Interaction with one another, especially at a point where you know during the pandemic, at least it's it's like you know like we're mostly just completely isolated from one another. We don't have any ability to have like a physical community of any kind or or you know face to face interactions. But you know the more and more things become reduced to oh I'm I'm really into harsh noise. I buy all of I buy all of the Dead Gods tapes and I have you know. 16 Rita shirts and you, you know like I you know I got a black hoodie I got some shitty vans like I, I you know I can buy a DOD death metal off of eBay it's like when, when you're when that's so much of the identity becomes wrapped up in those kind of like
0: yeah
1: economic exchanges yeah. it's like it's it it becomes so again like so easy for someone to access right. and gain confidence yeah When there's no you know it's like i have a you know you know i would i trust you know just you know like i trust matt and justin from dead gods more than i trust most people because of my personal interaction with them The, the the things we've we've experienced with one another inside and outside of noise and and because of those relationships like that i have a I really strongly value the noise community. Yeah. It's like, well, if I didn't have, if I didn't have the tapes and the shirts and, and the, and all that, that was the access point to these human beings as a community, yeah. I'd be a lot, I'd be a very unhappy person. So um when you, when you, when you're, when you're, when the culture becomes more about a checklist of things you can do to identify as someone, you know, it's like, again, it's like Amazon prime skinhead. It's like, well, Got my fucking shirt, got my polo, got, you know, like Bic razors were on sale. They got here in two days. Like I got my, my brand new oxbloods, like I'm stomping through the streets. It's like, that's not really what skinhead culture was about when it was, when it, when it took root, uh, you know, and, and so you're missing a huge chunk of what drove some of that earlier imagery and that earlier, like, like mode of thinking, you know, it's like, it's like. When they're talking about crews you know it's because they literally had like a group of friends that they relied on each other for survival because they were impoverished and you know like that's why they have such strong language you know like strong imagery it's not because of what they were wearing or what they presented and that's it gets lost in the translation of like what people are identifying with it's like oh like i really like that because of the way it looks and how it makes me feel but it's like but you're it's like a second-hand callback it's like they were calling back to their own experiences and you're calling you're calling back to them calling back to their experiences so it means less and less as time goes on and that's why that's why things like like these like these podcasts and zines and, and ways to really build community are so important because you know like i don't i mean i thank every person who's ever bought anything of mine but like that's not the most important thing we've got here right. you know like that's I, I that's not what i want to walk away from here with right. that like i want to walk away with having people you know you know the the people that have reached out to me you know i've had i've had more than a, more than a couple people reach out to me over the richard episode i mm-hmm. did and saying like you know like that you know they were saying like as a queer person like that really meant a lot to me to yeah. hear and i wouldn't have heard that because that's not in a zine, any zine anywhere right. from richard yeah. And like, that's what I want. Right. You know, I want people to feel, you know, drawn, drawn further inward in the community aspect, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, so I, I, I'm all over the place, but that, that's, but so, you so know, that, you think, that's, that's the crux of what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah.
0: So do you think that with this accessibility comes also a level of entitlement? Yes. That people feel. I mean, I also wanted to ask one of my questions I had for you was what do you think are some of the pros and cons of these modern tools we have like, you know, Instagram, which I've been going back and forth on as a phenomenon, I find these things obviously very, very destructive, but was speaking to someone who kind of, I was surprised that their position was this and they kind of pointed out like they actually have a potential to, to reach a lot of people should be reached that maybe would have never Mm -hmm. had the chance to somehow stumble across noise, because that's kind of a really like a random chance that you will actually even find that something this exists. But I think there are probably many, many, many more people outside of the the standard subculture identification Mm
1: -hmm. uh,
0: group that could be really drawn into this. And so um, But yeah, but I also noticed that a lot of people kind of arrive in it through these kind of modern platforms, and very quickly are frustrated that maybe they aren't being consumed on the level that they feel they're entitled to, you know, or yeah. you know they 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 think they think they think there are gatekeepers out there that are stopping right. them or or not you know. And it's, you know, it's kind of, to me, it's what you are kind of getting at is that it's this involvement and this commitment that is actually what earns you, you know, a place
1: or should, or should,
0: or should, exactly. yeah
1: I I think that's, I mean, that, that right there is the double-edged sword of, of social media or the way we communicate with one another nowadays is like reach a broader audience, but reducing the way we interact right you know yeah like like i can i can reach so many people making a post on instagram about my for example like you know for the last couple weeks i i did another memorial benefit release for uh and and memory of hanakamura Mm -hmm. and you know i got orders from people i would have never they're not you know i don't i didn't get I did, but it, it, it's like, it's not just people's names on the list that I recognize. I'm like, oh, that, 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 that's my friend. Yeah. That's my friend. And, you know, there's people I've never, I don't know these people. Yeah. You know, I don't know them from Adam. So yeah. um, I was able to reach those people. But at the same time, if I don't do anything to follow up with those people, yeah. all I've done is sold them a thing. Right. And so I don't have, like, there's no, there's a capital value there. Right. There might be a social capital value there, but there's nothing substantive for the community there you sure. know so so we have to be conscious of that I think and and you know that we have to be conscious of, of that but we also have to be conscious of the fact that um, I think a lot of people have a, a, a struggle with differentiating between what is a subculture and what is a counterculture mm-hmm. um, f- for the large part counterculture does not exist mm-hmm. Um We all just kind of live in a subculture because everything we do exists beneath the above ground infrastructure of culture Mm -hmm. but we still exist within that infrastructure you know so we can use instagram to communicate all we want and we can take advantage of it all we want but we need to keep in mind that we didn't create that infrastructure to communicate right and so the minute it becomes inconvenient for the overarching culture they'll cut us off right you know um that's i mean it's it's so many so many things that 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 um, societies civilization industrial society whatever you want to call it so so much of what it does it follows the same kind of routine of addiction building, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 it, it, you know, and that's, and it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, if it isn't already, it's like how much longer before we have a official diagnosis of like addiction to social media, right. You know, addiction to your, you know, people talk about, it, it's like, I'm addicted to my phone. I'm addicted right. to the internet. Right. You know, And so, you know, um, that technology just followed the pattern laid before it by you know agriculture not everyone depended on agriculture you know even 500 years ago right and now it's like that the, the um, there's like you know very few people that do not completely depend on agriculture and you know everyone probably watching this and listening to this depends on agriculture and so we're hooked on that way to get our food right it's like i'm not going out there and foraging for my food or you know hunting or trapping for my food yeah. And so, I guess I'm just saying, like, like, like the, those things are done on on purpose. You know, maybe not consciously by everybody, but right. like the like the the original impetus for all these things was to get was to make you dependent on someone or some thing that can manipulate you right. and coerce you. Yeah. So it's like you know, like I mean if someone if if instagram today was like look we're deleting your account unless you only make modular synthesizer sounds yeah well for one i'm fucking deleting my account but like (laughs) you know what i mean like it's gonna force people like 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 yeah if we rely too much on on those things it's gonna force us to Acquiesce to whatever their their interests or desires are, and we see that more and more nowadays with like targeted ads and you know we all complain about the algorithms, you know, and 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 like you know just like last week with my little experiment, it's like I put a picture of my face with the tape, and all of a sudden I like I got interactions like considerably higher than had I just posted an image of the tape.
0: Huh.
1: Interesting. You know.
0: So I, I, I think with with the Instagram thing, I think the thing that's the craziest about it is that I, I agree with, you're right about, you know, the way these things like agriculture, or these these other societal institutions bind us to their program. But I mean, I'm willing to at least give it the benefit of the doubt that those things were created with you know some sort of thought of the greater good in mind, you know, some sort of functioning, whereas, I mean, we clearly see we it's 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 clearly laid out in the business plan that something like Instagram is very extremely, extremely ex- ex- exploitative from design, not mm-hmm. like by accident. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I just think is crazy yeah. that we're still so willing to put all our eggs in that basket as, you know, as a subculture, you know, uh, yeah. or counterculture, but I mean, we're definitely not a counterculture if we're, if we're using that those tools yeah. as if our we were main yeah way to, if we were a counterculture
1: it. we wouldn't even need the USPS you know right if, if we were a counterculture we'd have our own modes of communication our own ways of of, of, of of interacting of community building and yeah. that's that's why I say it's like there's really no counterculture like there's there I mean yeah there's 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 definitely no 100% countercultures at least for the most part in the united definitely not in the united states i mean there's no like i mean, if there were we wouldn't know about them because we're all consuming our information through these channels so right i mean maybe there's tons of countercultures and we just don't know about them because we're 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 in our little subculture where we rely heavily on the the overarching infrastructure on
0: the mainstream in- infrastructure yeah, yeah that's true yeah. and I think, I think there are yeah I mean, and, and like you are. said it's like not not in terms of like music or art or something like that but i
1: I, right oh yeah yeah yeah. but i know i I bet there are i mean that's the thing is like people think like certain things might have died out or like like one example just comes off the top of my head is like like chopper culture there's like internet chopper culture and there's like the you know the people that that are generally like in our our age range that have like that's the thing they found instead of noise you know like um but uh that's, like, that, but there's definitely, like, there's still, like, outlaw biker groups in America, and those people don't, they don't fucking use the internet, and, like, they don't, you know, they don't talk about the shit they do online or yeah. whatever, and, and they are, like, they're out there doing their thing, and that's a counterculture, you know? Right. um So, yeah, you're, you're definitely right in that. Um,
0: or they use they use one of those,
1: <laughs> they
0: use one of those, that, that social media platform that, that Trump set up or whatever. I mean, I forget, I forget what it's called, but it's... Oh. <laughs> Isn't there some sort of yeah. like free speech platform out there? For- yeah, I can't remember <laughs>
1: what it's called. I, I try to like. It's it's funny because it's like that's of course that's what's going to happen as like as like people like like gather about these like these big tent these 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 flagpole ideas these goalpost ideas. It's like of course they're going to be like, well, we don't like what you're doing over there, so we're going to do our own thing over here. It's like, well yeah what a surprise like you guys you guys are going to do your own social media like yeah no shit like of course you are like it's and it's funny to me to watch like the other side's like reaction of like feigned shock and appall it's like what did you think was going to happen yeah. like, like right. um but but yeah to kind of to kind of like to kind of like bring it back in it's like you know like instagram's purpose is it's a marketing tool it yeah. is meant it is, it is meant to sell things yeah. that is explicitly what they want you to do, or they want you to buy things. They want some people to sell things and some people buy things. And until they can get to the point where they can dictate who buys and sells, they're going to let everyone do a little bit of both if they want. Yeah. So we just have to be conscious of like, of, of what that does to how we interact with one another and how we present with one another.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and to be aware, it's like, well, that's not, it's great. It's, it can be used as a tool but it's like stated purpose is to slowly dwind, slowly chip away at the thing that we are drawn to right you know what if if we're not directly drawn to it to go back to the like amazon prime skinheads it's like the aesthetic you know they're aesthetically drawn to something right but that aesthetic wouldn't exist without that community aspect that 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 develops so it's just so easy with the internet and, and, and with social media to kind of get lost in the weeds yeah and to sort of forget why something exists or like what is special about right the existence of it like what what makes noise so unique what makes noise so special what makes whatever so special and and, and because the internet and, and social media and 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 Technological Society exists at an increasing speed it becomes harder and harder to care about something It's like that's what I love about Some of the some of the artists that work in these longer formats and these bigger formats. That's what I love about like Sam doing like eight tape things. It's like that takes if I'm gonna enjoy that I have to sit there and I have to sit through eight tapes. Yeah, I have to pay attention And I have to get lost in the detail. I can't be flipping through my phone, or you know, whatever and so that's something that I think is kind of, like, great about, hard, you know, harsh noise in particular is because it kind of, if you really are a fan of harsh noise, it requires a, a level of attention that removes you from kind of, like, vapid, rapid-fire interactions that culture demands right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, with all that said, what what to you are are some of the key tenets of... Um underground ethics or or underground culture
1: I think the most important part of, of of any sustainable community or culture is is uh being rooted in in the reality of what it means to be a human and and that reality is that we evolved to be um egalitarian to 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 be on a level playing field with one another and to and to you know, to work off our strengths and weaknesses together without climbing over each other's heads to get to take advantage of one another. Mm-hmm. So it's that that like egalitarian approach that that anarchistic or or non herarchical uh, uh approach to organizing oneself or one's community I think is extremely important. Mm-hmm. In in it being a long term sustainable thing, you know. Uh and, and to you know, I think if you have things like that in mind at, at your root, even if you're not able to completely operate in that at that in that at the moment,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's still, it still it gives you it kind of gives you some level of, of and um it changes your impulse to behave a certain way. Yeah. So it's like you know like um and and I think that that that, that a lot of what happens with, with, uh, especially like, like anarcho-punk communities is that they, they don't, you get this, like you get this really like all or nothing, like, well, if I can't do it exactly like this, then it's useless and I'm not going to do it that way. And it's like, well, as I've gotten older, I've kind of seen it a little differently where it's like, I understand what world I'm living in, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I'm in this room, I got electricity, I'm using the internet, you know, um, I got heat that's not kicking on for some reason and it's getting cold even though it's fucking almost April here. Yeah. Um like I take full advantage of things that I know are fucked up. Like I know where that electricity comes from and what it costs to be created. Right. You know, I know what precious minerals go into a laptop and how many children are being held at gunpoint to dig those out. Right. You know, at the same time you know, I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that that exists and I'm acknowledging the hypocrisy, hypocrisy of me being completely immersed in it. But I'm not going to just throw it all away and say like, well, the, I, then I can't say anything about it or I can't right. do anything about right. it. Um, and I think, I think you can kind of take that approach to, to any, to, to building and existing within your own community or within a noise community where it's, it's like, you know, like, yeah, I might have to take charge and book this show and, you know, run the pa or whatever you know i gotta do i gotta do it all myself because i don't trust like ding-dongs one and two to not like go blow the flyer money on beer or something but you can still like you can still like um you can still you can still use you can still have that as your your the the foundation of your interactions for
0: sure for sure absolutely and i think one thing i try to also operate in that's kind of similar is, um, uh, that the idea of generosity oftentimes is the best mm-hmm. answer to any like moral or ethical question. Like, yeah, I mean, even if I can't do everything right in all, all the time and I, and I make mistakes and I, I get selfish when I have the time to reflect on how to handle this, it, the answer should always be in the generous way. Rather than the opposite
1: mm-hmm. I think um one of the, one of the most hurtful things anyone ever said to me in my my private life was the I, I tried to do something nice for them and it kind of blew up in my face um, and they just go intention doesn't matter your intention never matters yeah it's only about results I feel completely the opposite yeah, way absolutely. I think I think intention is the most important aspect of of, 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 of really like intent and context. And, and so, I think if your intention, if you if you go in with the right intention, even if the results aren't always perfect, or even if they're disastrous, if you've maintained that like intent and you haven't let that intent get degraded or um like poisoned, mm-hmm. then like you still kind of come out on top you still kind of come or or you still come out with the ability to to move forward right um and so so yeah and and i think that's you know that's you know kind of moving that into you know talking you know you're saying a little bit like generosity it's like it's like if if my intent is to do something in a positive nature even if even if steps B through Y have not necessarily uh Right. wouldn't necessarily match up with that as long as as long as like the intent was still was still there then yeah exactly um I'm trying to think of what it's, it's so I, thinking of like 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 guidelines for a community I mean the reality is you have to be able to you have to be willing to you have to be willing to 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 have that egalitarian approach to the other members of your community and to to uh To be cooperative that which means to 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 discuss the things that do and don't work in such a way that allows for dissent right um you know some people aren't going to like the way something's done and you need to be able to hear that but they also need to be able to hear why it's being done that way and up to a certain degree like we we have to be able to accept like maybe this isn't going to be the way i want it to be exactly but it meets my it, it, it's it's within my realm of acceptability right um and that's something that that, that like you see a lot right right that, that that kind of saddens me is that like people's you know people people have become so all or nothing about certain things while meanwhile com- accepting like the, the the most awful overarching uh indignities that the, that the the, right. the the overarching culture have to offer yeah. it's like you you're cutting the noise the nose of your i said the noise you're cutting the nose off your to spite your face when you when you like you know like yeah you're gonna tear you're gonna tear your community apart over this thing that you allow to happen in your everyday life right in the bigger culture right rather than say look this i have a problem with this yeah. let's discuss it yeah. and let's try to find a way to live within the guidelines of acceptable you know like let's find our 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 you know our community's boundaries and work within them and and like just because like i'm over here and you're over there as long as we're both in the bo- right. boundaries of the community let's let's make this work yeah exactly and and people just i i don't know what what's kind of shifted but like that scene and maybe maybe it didn't shift maybe it's always been there we just notice it more because again um you know even 20 years ago when i first got into the hardcore it's like i knew what was going on in cleveland I knew about all the Cleveland hardcore drama. Yeah. I didn't even know what the fuck was going on in Minneapolis right. or Boston. Yeah. I didn't really care. Yeah. I'm sure everyone in those cities will but now it's like you know, now it's like, well I know what's going on in the I know what's going on in the Minneapolis noise scene, I know it's going in Chicago, I know what's going on in LA. It's like
0: Yeah. Now I know everybody's you know fucking drama. <laughs> I mean it's it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I mean and maybe that's maybe what you're talking about is is another reason why you know people are slow to like going back to that point slow to call out shit cuz they don't want to split they don't want to split a small and important thing and force themselves to right. you know okay, if, if I, if I take a stance or if I, if I say this, then I have to hold this other person also accountable, or I have to also cut, cut this person out because they're involved or their friends. you know, like I do, I do see the destructive, uh, potential of that. And I mean, mm-hmm. in my, but
1: again, that's because that's because the, 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 I hate using the word narrative. Um. The narrative that we've we've built for our community isn't isn't it, it's kind of it's kind of like we all have to get along, and I don't think that that's the truth. I don't think we all have to get along right. at all. I, I And I don't think that just because we do it along doesn't mean you're not allowed in my space. Right. It's like there's you know there's people that I think are fucking stupid yeah. and noise a fucking lot of them, yeah. and like I still I, I can enjoy their noise yeah. or I can enjoy them as a person. Yeah. I can enjoy both of those yeah. things. I exactly. could I could not want them anywhere near me as a person yeah. I, but I could like love their noise. Right. I mean there's a lot of that exactly. like and and it's acceptable to me. I can I can live my life. Yeah. I can inside and outside of noise yeah. live my life with that that level of conflict, right. you know. Exactly. And and I just think if it, I don't know if it's truly that people's tolerance of conflict has dissipated yeah. or if that's just like the the kind of like the the way things have been shaped. Right. You know, but, but again, it's like, it's like, again, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like if we, if we, if we have more of an emphasis on, you know, it, it's funny because it's such a, it can be used as such a buzzword and it's often used like poorly, but like, like a, a diversity of, of, of experiences mm-hmm. within a range of acceptability, like that's, yeah you know, that's going to make us stronger than weaker. It's like a a good example of what I'm trying to, trying to talk about is, is, uh, you know, um, I had made some, like some joke offhand about the special interest message board online, like saying some, I think I was, I I think I was literally like saying like, like this is my position politically. And like, if you don't like that, just go there. And, um, I got this really long email from Miko explaining like why he disagreed with me on, What I said, you know, there were a couple other, other things that were in there that were just, I I think some of it was literally like lost in translation. Like he didn't, he didn't understand why I called the podcast harsh truths. If I wasn't being harsh about my truths Uh (laughs) and, and I, you know, I mean, like, it was just like, for me, like, I just called it that because it had the word harsh in it. And like, we're telling stories and it was just a pun more or less, you know, but you know, he was saying like, you know, he's like, I don't do any, I don't censor anything on the message board because you know, i'm i'm paraphrasing him because it was a long email sure, but it was sure. like more or less it's like for him it's a slippery slope yeah like if i say you can't say this then you're gonna say i can't say this and then everybody's not saying anything and to him that's not an acceptable mode of living his life or li- right. or coordinating his message board or whatever or yeah making his community how he wants it and yeah. so you know while i might disagree with a number of things about about you know his opinions or approaches or whatever it's like i can uh like f- i can respect that in the sense that it's like well i've set these boundaries and if i close in on those boundaries i'm i'm setting myself up for failure within my space right so you know i think that that's you know something that that not a lot of people have are are hearing out these days in in a sense it's like it's like it's you either have to be a hundred percent on board with this thing or you're getting thrown overboard right and i think that there is space for conflict while not like you know it's like it's like i think we can fight in the room without tearing the walls down yeah you know like and and i think that that should be you know i think that that conflict needs to be embraced a little more yeah you know it's 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 good to have conflict conflict means that you're 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 experiencing something yeah um and and not just being 100 percent passive and so um you know just because you know i'm not i'm not like kicking back drinking beers and miko and like you know rocking like a nicole 12 t-shirt right you know like like no we're not you know like are are we friends no not really yeah. but like i don't i don't find at least in the context of the, the noise community like i don't find it so unacceptable for him to have a different opinion right. on the way art is presented right. you know i'm not going to i don't want to get into like how you know like necessarily like talking about his politics per se or like how those politics play out in the world outside of noise but it's like in a basement with 12 people yeah I don't. I don't think that's where like the great human battle is going to be fought. You know, right. like it's yeah. it's mostly just socially awkward dudes handing each other cassette tapes. And yeah. There's there's something there's something valuable to that, but like at the same time, it's like you got Um, because of what what social media is and what what, what modern culture is, it, it's like everyone feels really important to themselves, and they right. present it. You know, like that's, you know, the, like, like Instagram influencer in a nutshell is like, I am an important person just because I exist Right. by my things or by what I'm selling. Right. And that's a really fucked up way of like presenting oneself or filtering oneself. It's like, no one should, I don't say like no one is special. Cause that sounds like so weird. Like that's like, sounds like fuck your feelings, yeah. but like, you know, it's, 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 Simply existing is not like a, a a a thing to like put on a scale and weigh out who's right, who should be listened to more or less, right. um, and and so we get people people especially the, the more and more the culture accelerates it's you know more and more everyone's everyone is so important to themselves and our narrative is so important to us and our. Our brand, you know, it's 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 crazy that like people talk about their brand now in such a cavalier way.
0: Yeah.
1: When it's like that sounds like insane to me. It's like (laughs) you're talking about yourself like you're a product. Yeah. And and so people are so afraid of that, of like you know, like it's like well, I can't if I if I have an opinion on this, like it might damage my brand. You know, like it's like I don't want to lose followers. I don't want to lose friends. That's the thing too. Is like the concept of 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 like friend and peer is is, has been like really distorted in our in in all communities but it's like you know it's like um you know like like you and i like i would consider you a peer because we haven't really like spent a lot of personal time together we're not like friends as in like that like like matt Fedke is my friend right like we have experience we have experiences that tie us strongly together right i'm very worried you know i would i would be very worried if i did something that would hurt or upset matt right because of that friendship right i'm not really worried about hurting miko's feelings right i don't know him like we're not friends right we're just peers right and so i i think that people have sort of distorted that in a a sense and so you know again like when conflict comes up it's like well i don't want to you know like i don't want to lose friends it's like well you're not losing friends in a lot of the, a lot of those situations. You're just, and I think people overestimate the level of reaction that people are going to have to, to taking a stand on something. Yeah. You know, I I think, you know, at least in my own experience, people, you know, said like, I wouldn't say that because like, I don't want someone to do that. I'm like, like, you know, it's like you asked, it's like, I don't, don't, no one said anything to my face. You know, there's been a couple like snarky comments here and there. It's like, Oh, am I like am I crushed under the weight of like what you know? Some random person thought about me or said about me on the internet. It's like no, yeah. I'm doing just fine. I got this plant I can't figure out how to keep alive, and I got a cat that's trying to come upstairs. Like I'm doing great.
0: Yeah, and some sometimes I feel like people are maybe due to the. I think I think it's common in most in most groups, but I think due to also the the transgressive history of of noise or whatever that people are afraid to simply take a stand. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there is plenty of room for conflict within, like you said, within the room, within the house, without necessarily, you know, splitting or, or, or destruction of one another. I think there's, I think respectful conflict Mm -hmm. is very, very, useful and, and, and valuable and, you know, for growth Mm -hmm. and also for strengthening your own resolve. And um, I feel like in some ways that, you know, because there's this anything goes kind of attitude, maybe presented through the art, that people Mm -hmm. are still as individuals, oftentimes, afraid to make simple, personal statements, whether it be political, or just personal, you know, just to just to stay. This yeah. is where I stand on 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 this. Um, right.
1: I, I will say to you that I, I was thinking about this as we, as we were talking, is, is um because a lot of what a lot of like the like that uh, stuff like like the like the scene the starts of scene were released mm-hmm. or like you know the shame cover whatever it's like you know, um people get kind of uncomfortable with like with like heckling and like like roasting people, yeah and um. I always find it interesting and this is me trying to remember something I read 20 years ago so I'm probably a little spotty on the details but um there was an anthropologist who was was st- studying and, and interacting with a uh, hunter gatherer society I think I think in um, oh man I can't remember who it was now uh so anyway mm-hmm. um he brought um this this was this was I think in like the 70s or 80s and and so like they weren't a, unfortunately like a pure hunter gatherer society sure. because they had all this contact and so they had some you know they they I think they got like they would get cattle from a market yeah. uh, that they they would travel to or whatever but but he brought them this gift and it was this big uh, butchered I, I think it was a cow it was, it was very large it was enough to feed like the whole group yeah and so the whole time after that, that he had done that, they, they would constantly make fun of him and they would make fun of the cat. They would be like, Oh yeah. You you know, you were able to feed us. That thing didn't even stay fresh for a night. You know, like they're just like poking at him and poking at him and poking at him. And finally, like he just kind of like snapped. He's like, why are you guys making fun of me? I was trying to do something nice to you. You know, like, like, and they just said, he's like, look, this is how we keep each other in check in our community. Yeah. He's like, if we gave you a bunch of praise, and told you how great it was and and you know showered you in compliments it's like you would start thinking that like you might be better than me
0: right
1: you know you might be better than one of us so it's like you might start thinking that you have more value than the person who brought the calf instead of the and instead of the large you know the full grown cattle yeah and so i always i think about that when i think you know like when i when i when i'm fucking poking fun at things it's like i'm poking fun at things cuz it's like i it's not because i want to like for the most part like i'm t- not like i'm trying to ridicule someone out of being here right i don't it's it's i want someone who's convinced themselves of of like a level of importance that's just not congruent with reality that like they're you know like come back down like come back down to my level like right let's 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 not like hit ourselves here we're all here we're all doing this it's all kind of funny and like it doesn't have to be it like like yeah, I think I'm just like circular talking now, but yeah.
0: But yeah, that's that's great. I I think that's that's a great way to put it, and I appreciate that. Three new tapes coming soon on White Centipede Noise. Moosehead, The Doors of Perfection. Vincent Dallas, Phantom Clank. And Spring of Life, Brown Bed. Also still available, CDs from Upper Pot, The New Boyfriends, Jason Krummer, Cam Tupfer, Sewer Election, and Treyarch's Rosette. Lacerations compilation, as well as the final copies of Jeff German and Aaron Dillaway Casual Collision CD and Alter of Flies Otterblick Triple LP. Also, now offering free shipping on all orders of 100 euros or more at WhiteCentipedeNoise.com. So, if you've watched these before, you're aware that I'm going to ask you um, a few things as we wrap the episode up here. I would like to know your top five noise releases of all time.
1: Okay, um, I don't know if I want to put them in order, but I would say like my probably my favorite favorite is um, Depression Paralysis by SkinGraft. Mm-hmm. It's on Nurse Etiquette. Um, to me, it's just like a perfect noise tape. It's got everything I want in it. It's it's mm-hmm. got this just feels like it feels like living in cleveland it really does and so i love it for Where that you right now by
0: the way
1: <laughs> i'm in cleveland yeah, okay, yeah. i moved back to, to cleveland at the start of the pandemic i i spent about a six months in chicago and before that i've been living back in cleveland since 2017 okay. um before that buffalo buffalo milwaukee yeah cleveland for the most part though and, and cleveland's home now for good and okay. i moved into this house and i'm not I, i'm not moving out unless someone drags cool. me out so nice um yeah so depression paralysis especially in draft would definitely be a top tape Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um magazine the Rita go back to that a lot Mm um god so also um sorry um, it's like I don't have. I, I'm still moving into. The, I'm still getting everything set up in this house. I don't have like my wall of tapes or like my records out. So well, I'm like good. mentally I, flipping through. I like <laughs>
0: to have that because I think it gives people. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm curious more to see what comes to people's minds. I guess than, you know, some people have their curated discogs list, but I think I think it's interesting to hear because it, it's hard, it would be hard for me actually to, to be honest. I wouldn't know what I would come and probably be a random collection of things. So I'm, so that so no so no stress. But but I'm curious yeah. to hear
1: beggar master by Mm Dillaway, for sure sure i remember the first time i heard that and i just kind of like i i had heard a bunch of other like like more like like uh not harsh Dillaway stuff before that and i had met aaron before i'd heard that and so i had this completely different image of like him and his sound right and then um i put that on i'm like whoa what (laughs) like what's going on here yeah
0: um
1: so let's see um mm, (sighs) i i really like uh it's a it's the werewolf jerusalem double tape on monorail um music Mm -hmm. for mass radio yeah 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 um, I really like that tape I yep so it's four five fuck oh, the last one oh man <laughs> I know right um god when you're put on the spot I knew this was coming and I just still didn't like I should have just like wrote them down or something um the fifth one of like all time I mean god damn it um It's Battery cages too. Being hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's a, to think about it. That's a it's so one, weird because yeah. I was thinking it's like it's hard to like separate. For a lot of the things that I really love, I also have like a personal connection, so it's hard for me to be like like at first I'm just I just want to be like oh this 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 and I'm like wait a minute those are all yeah. I love those out those recordings they're great recordings but what makes them like my favorites are because they're tied to person.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: versus like what's objectively. I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, what do I listen to that when I listen to it, it's 100 percent the sound and the presentation, and none of it has. I was trying to like disconnect all nostalgia from it, and I'm like, well, those ones really, I could like, I could, I could get amnesia and go back and listen to those and be like, fuck yeah, these are these are my things.
0: Yeah, that's battery cages too for me too in that sense. That one time, someone asked me for another episode of Noise on the Run, like, what are my top five. Midwestern noise releases. And it was like, I actually didn't, I think I, I don't know if I I put it on, on the list in the end, but I, that came to my mind, but I realized I haven't listened to it in like 10 years. Like I have it, like, I don't have my noise collection with me. I didn't move with it. And I don't even know how many times I listened to it, but, but still when I just, just like in terms of like significance in my life and connection with, you know, Midwestern noise and that scene in Luke. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's definitely, that's definitely one of the top releases. But again, like how many times have I actually listened to it? Honestly, not that many since I got it like 15 years ago or whatever, but yeah.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. But that's a, that's a good call. Um, okay. And now tell me top five noise releases of the past year. Past year. Year plus, Um, I'm not super strict on the year, but I mean like in the past couple years let's say
1: yeah. yeah yeah new stuff um when did that when did the when did the Jackson Pratt CD on Oxen come out the deep in the night one
0: yeah uh, i think 2000 that's
1: that's probably two two or three years now, huh? oh,
0: that that yeah. that counts that counts
1: okay all right okay. really love that one yep. um the Two tapes, I got at the same time from Lovers. That's mm. pretty recent. Um, yeah. Fuck, if I don't have them in front of me, I'm not gonna remember the titles. Uh,
0: That's okay. They're super mysterious oh, anyway. God.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Uh, I had convinced myself that it was Matt for some reason. Matt Bedke. Dude, I don't. I don't even remember how I got down that line. That line of logic, but I convinced myself that it was him. So I emailed the email, and I was like, Hey. And I just like, I just was like, because I thought I was emailing him. So I was like, hey, Matthew Spanky Becky. I just made up a nickname for Matt. And I was like, told me that, told me I should email this email if I wanted this tape. <laughs> like, it, it's not him. <laughs> so so whoever sure it is, they, him, they, they I, I, I feel like he would I've, tell me if it was him. Someone else told me that they I'm, thought it was him.
0: And then when I talked I to him and, when I talked to him and Justin about it, they were like, no, we don't know who it is, but. They could just be pretty good. I, th- I mean, they could just be <sighs> relatively good actors. I mean...
1: I think it's Kieran. Uh-huh. Because the only reason why is because there's a seepage tape, which mm-hmm. I would say see- the seepage um, CD that just came out yeah. on Phage. Yeah. That would be one. Um, there's a seepage tape that, came- that that came out early on in the pandemic, and the layout is, like, very similar. Mm. Like, the text... And the kind of like the photocopying, mm-hmm. so unless the same person printed those, mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe just blew up homeboy's spot, but whatever. Okay. I don't, I have no confirmation. I was <laughs> convinced it was Matt. I don't remember why I convinced myself. I think just because because I had I had reached out to Matt. I was like, can you get me these tapes? He's like, I can see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then I was like, I was like, what did you think about the nickname? He's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, wait, it's not you. He's like, no. And I'm like, oh well, they're gonna call you Spanky from now on. <laughs> Um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> um so where, where are we at? So, so that's three the Jackson Pratt C D on Oxen,
0: Lovers Seafage C D
1: on Phage. Lovers. Um the three inch shredded nerve C D that came out on Chondritic mm-hmm. last year. I don't I can't remember names of stuff, man. I'm really bad at that. That's okay. Um I'll and then I'll find out a Discogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then um, let me think here. Oh, um, Richard put out a tape under a lizard in a woman's skin, mm-hmm. and it's like a like a C one hundred or something. It's really long, cool. and it's really good. And cool. and I feel like because Richard puts out like thirty thousand things a month, like shit can get lost. But that's one where yeah. like. I feel I feels it's really like really stands out a lot and and everyone I've like sent like it's on his man camp and, yeah. and and like I've sent the link and everyone's like yeah you're right like this yeah. is this is really really like up you know like really good material even though um my favorite Richard project is Crash at Every Speed mm-hmm. I I don't I love that like high end yeah it makes my teeth feel kind of weird stuff like, yeah, uh, yeah yeah
0: That's I love awesome. I love
1: high end feedback in general like that yeah.
0: Richard is uh great, I mean, he, I don't, I can't follow his output in any way, but I'm always sort yes. of surprised that like invariably like five out of six things that I just check out from him randomly of thousands of releases are really good, you know, or at least yeah, like yeah. very, very solid. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely good. And then some of them are just yeah. amazing. You know, it's so much. Uh, yeah yeah the, the level of quality for the for the volume is is is, is insane
1: yeah i 'm really excited uh, it's it 's slow going because uh, i 'm slow with recording I take mm-hmm. forever um, and and it's a, to make it work i 'm kind of doing i 'm going to have to take like a bit of a different approach to it but um, we 're going to do a, a slit throats, an innocent young throat cutter um, Split and maybe collab like cool. like you know like have a track each and then a collab track would. We're yeah. gonna call it the crime and the criminal. Cool. Because it's like an innocent young throw cutter and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Killer. So That's I'm great. geeking out about that for a while just because of the sweet. the concept. <laughs> Looking forward to it.
0: Cool. Well, Roman, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. It was fantastic. And yeah, thank uh, anything. You you would like to add anything that you'd like to let us know about that you've got uh-huh. coming up I mean other than that you know it goes with the collab what else what else do you have coming in the near yeah. future
1: in the near future I think I will there's going to be a three inch CD I think next month on um, audible mastication mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's a buddy of mine from out by San Diego mm-hmm. and um, it's another it's a continuation of the Josie noise worship Series. Um, this one is just about uh, my one of my favorite modifications of a wrestling submission haul that mm-hmm. I saw. Um, so that one will be coming out, um, and I'm sure I'll post about that on online. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, everything else is still like a, a, uh, I. I don't know. I've got other stuff in the works. I don't. I don't want to jinx myself by saying sure. like, oh, this will come out soon. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Any plans you know, for I'm gonna be for... working with? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be working with uh, Lake Shark, with uh, AAD again, um, yeah. and uh, I'm sure a million other things. Those are the two things I got in the front of my mind right now. Finishing up recording for those.
0: Cool. What about live performances or any any touring?
1: Um nothing scheduled right now um I'd like to start playing shows again sometime this summer yeah. maybe I think I think things will be calmed down enough um right before the pandemic started I was supposed to go to Japan and play a fest with incapacitants and i am have it was gonna be it was like my dream trip and I was finally making it happen Damn. you know I'd finally have been financially smart enough to like Make it work, and and Adam Jennings over there, he was booking the fest, and I was going to do one night as playing mother, and one night as slit throats, and I had all these like tickets for Japanese wrestling shows, and I had everything figured out, and then like it, that was gonna, the show was at the beginning of May or the end of April, and so like I held out hope until like the beginning of April that things were going to work out, and then yeah, you know everything just kind of ground to a halt, and then. You know, uh, it's still my dream to 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 get out there. Um, not just for noise, but I definitely that's like a bucket list. Like once I play in Japan and Europe and, and the UK, I, like I think I'll I'll be like, you know, I won't feel this or, like I need to play live shows. Like even mm. now, I'm like I'm like, man, I don't. I, I think part of it's because the, the 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 venue that a lot of people used here in Cleveland kind of changed hands, and and I won't be. Right uh performing there and um yeah just it's, it's like i uh, you know I'll, I'll play like you know i'll play like a fest or something out here or Maybe i'd like to do like a west coast tour or something sure. but i don't i don't feel like I'm, i have after two years of not playing live shows and yeah. having found more fun in recording in the yeah. last couple of years that yeah. like i i'm like you know i'm like do i really want to you know Brian, Do I really want to go someplace that doesn't have air conditioning? And <laughs> like, I mean like I got a refrigerator here. I don't like,
0: Yeah, I know, what you mean. Um, I know what you mean. All right, cool, man. Well, I really appreciate it once again. It was a lot of fun you. and uh yeah. learned a lot from you and take care and talk soon. Oh, thanks, yeah. Take care, talk to you later. Thanks again for tuning into White Sampinoids Noise Podcast. Head over to the Patreon for more, including private episodes of Noise on the Run, exclusive photos, video, and audio related to the show, and discounts at the White Centipi Noise mail order. Your support is extremely appreciated and vital to keep the show going.